How's it going, everybody? It is once again me, Chewy, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And we have some special guests tonight for our podcast, and they are none other than the hosts of Go a Little Mad Pod. How are you guys doing tonight? We're good. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. I had a long day at work, but now I'm at home and I ate and I cleaned up, so I'm good. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we had a. We both work from home right now, so it. Uh... It was just another day around the house for us. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? What are your names? I'm Brianna. And I'm Jason. All right, so... And... Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you guys. Sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't know what to say after that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to ask you guys. Uh, well, I guess we're going to do a questions round, like the, the, the typical questions that... Uh, people will be asked, I guess, in a podcast interview, and if anyone happens to join the conversation, we can let them ask you guys a couple of questions. Um, Sounds good. All right, so basically, the podcast concept, like who came up with it, how did it develop, what was the backstory behind that? So it was me who came up with the concept because Jason is always talking to me about these scary movies that he watches, and... He loves them. He really loves horror, the whole genre. And I've always hated it because I've always been too afraid to ever watch it. Like, I don't even watch trailers or previews. I'll change the channel, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've been dating for over a year now, almost two years. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of missing this whole side that he experiences. So you know, maybe I can dive into this. And I thought, actually, this is a really good idea for a podcast because the content is there. We just have to watch and discuss. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you see a podcast like this and you hear that concept, you know, the first thing that runs through a lot of people's minds is like, he's making his poor girlfriend watch all these movies, <laughs> um, which I feel like is, is a trope we play on a little bit. But um, yeah, it was, it was completely her idea when she came to me and said, hey, how would you feel about this? I was just like thrilled to have somebody to watch scary movies with uh, in the area because most of my family or all of my family isn't where we are now. Um, so I was like, yes, absolutely. Let's do this. I'm kind of hoping to convert her. And uh, six or seven episodes in, I think I'm actually getting some uh, traction there. So. <laughs> Maybe. I just thought it was a unique concept to have one of us who really loves it and one of us who has never experienced it before. So it's going pretty good so far, I think. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, you've made some insights and stuff that I never really came close to approaching. So it's been really interesting to hear the take of somebody who doesn't know the world, you know, as much as I do. So you mentioned you've only been going at this for a couple of months, is that correct? Yeah, we started at the beginning of October. That was our first week. Um, so, yeah, six weeks or so. We just did our sixth episode last week. Yeah, we, we would have our seventh going tomorrow if it weren't for uh, work travel, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It happens. Uh, but as far as movies selection, do you guys have a predetermined list or do you pick names out of a hat, throw at a dartboard? What happens? How does that get picked? Well, we kind of decided to start with Psycho just because that is the namesake of our pod. Um, so we thought that would be a good starting point. And then I think we kind of just threw some ideas at the wall for a couple episodes. And then I wanted to do trick or treat for Halloween. And from there, we just kind of planned the rest of the year. Yeah, we, we tried to keep it kind of themed. 
um, for the week of Thanksgiving, we actually wanted to do Pilgrim, um, which is uh, a horror movie on Hulu, uh, which I haven't seen yet, actually. And I was going to, like, pre-watch it so I could just warn Brianna if there were anything crazy coming up. But um, because of the schedule push, we're not sure that's going to happen. But then for, like, December, we've got, you know, some fun, like, Christmas-themed ones planned. Uh, and then we're finishing the year with something pretty scary. So, you know, the first couple weeks, it was just kind of, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? But I think it's, um, we have the rest of the year planned out at the very least now. And I think we'll probably keep about a month or so up uh, ahead, of, uh, ahead of ourselves. When it comes to the technical part of it, do you guys have recording equipment? Do you guys have, like, what kind of stuff do you guys use for that so i have some recording experience because of my job um i create a lot of tutorials and videos and things like that and so right now we're actually using my work microphones which are pretty good um they're just audio technia brand um not too expensive but the sound is coming across really good and we use audacity for um recording and editing and then we just post it through Buzz Buzzsprout is what we're using right now. Yeah, she's being modest. Um, she's like <laughs> she's like semi-famous up here in her industry. Like before people that I knew met her, they would know who she was because they were in her field and saw her videos on YouTube. So oh, wow. she's she's you know the equipment's pretty good, and her experience is really I feel like the the best thing about our podcast, or maybe not the best thing, but the kind of the standout thing when a lot of people listen for the first time is the level of polish on it almost right away. Um, and that's that's all Brianna's uh, magic there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's being overly modest, but that's, that's cool though. <laughs> but I, I was going to mention that because I listened to an episode of yours on the way to and from work today. And actually oh. it was, it was the, the Final Destination episode. And to me, it sounds like you guys have every, the, the narration style is pretty much pretty polished. It's pretty clean and by that i mean that there's not a whole lot of interruptions you guys kind of get to the point it's kind of like both of you seem to have some sort of professional experience in either radio industry or voiceover or something like that is that true um not radio or anything like that so what i do is i just record videos for the real estate industry around here um mostly software training and stuff like that so I've kind of learned to hone my quote-unquote professional voice over the years. Um, but Jason hasn't had any experience, but he definitely has a radio voice, I think. So the one thing I will say about Brianna is, again, you're underselling it. How many how many videos have you done for your <laughs> I, uh, YouTube channel? I don't. Is it? It's got to be triple digits, right? Maybe. Oh, wow. It's got to be well over 100. <laughs> so she's she's a pro at this. Um, I you know I most of my jobs have been. Um, service industry customer service so i've just i've always been a very uh confident natural public speaker um and i just think that that translated pretty well to audio thankfully mm -hmm. definitely I, I thought so and as far as your format uh how does that come across is that typical for the every episode to be the same format or do you guys try different things for different movies yeah so far i've tried to keep it pretty consistent um we kind of have started doing, you know, the introduction of the synopsis that I write. And I like to give credit to who's in the film and like who we'll be talking about most of the time, the writers and the directors. And then most of it, as you heard, is just the bulk of the conversation of discussing the film. And then we decided to kind of wrap it up with a professional review of some kind. I thought that it would be fun to bring in someone else's perspective to it. 
and then our own scores. So hear from someone who knows what they're doing in terms of evaluating film and then what we think about it at the end. Yeah, and we, we felt that that part was kind of important because a lot of these movies that we're watching are, you know, I mean, Psycho is 60 years old at this point, so it's really important to get the context of that film and how people saw it at the time um, because there's a lot of, you know, horror, I think, tends to draw a lot from um, society and what's going on in, in the world today. So, um, you know, it, it helps to get that broader context. Um, you know, we're, we're, we talk about adding a couple little things here and there, like maybe news bits, if there's like some exciting horror movie news, but we haven't, um, you know, again, we're, we're, we're still, uh, you know, we're, we're flexible <laughs> on our format. I think we found a really nice general layout, um, but I wouldn't be too surprised if there were some tweaks here and there going forward. Actually, you, I think you brought up an excellent point. Uh, since you're the horror buff, Jason, I'm going to ask you, uh, and maybe Brianna can chime in if, if she can. If she can. But have you noticed, or, or uh, like you mentioned, that you've noticed how horror has changed over the decades. So how do you feel about making a prediction as to where it might go next? You know, a lot of horror today... I feel like is is wrapped up in in metaphors. You know, I think I mentioned that in one episode. It might have even been Final Destination, in that a lot of horror movies are kind of metaphors for kind of emotion or you know internal conflict or what's going on. You know, the Babadook being obviously the most like glaring example of that. Um, and and then you know after that you kind of see a rise in these like kind of art house horror. You know, like the A twenty four movies. You've got Hereditary. You've got Midsummer. Um, and I really think that they're kind of on the forefront of what's going to be big next. I, I couldn't say what it's going to be, but personally, if I had to uh, put a little money on who is going to be doing it, it would be A24, because um, they've really just done some of the best horror movies of the last 10 years, hands down. What I've kind of learned is that horror is more than just scaring the pants off of you. There's... I'm seeing a lot of different themes so far in the in what we've watched, which I really appreciate. But what about um, what's his name, the Kim Peel Jordan guy, Peele. Jordan Peele? Yeah. I feel like he's taking horror in a new and unique direction. Absolutely, yeah. I actually just watched um, Candyman, the newest Candyman, the other day, and I was absolutely blown away. I loved it. We probably won't cover it on the pod; it's a little too recent, um, and frankly, maybe a little controversial. But um, yeah, Jordan Peele is fantastic and that's definitely a I feel silly for not adding him in alongside there you definitely showed me up so. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's cool that she's learning <laughs> yeah I'm not sure I caught your ages but I'm, I'm kind of in my late 30s so I grew up in the late 80s early 90s and that's my cup of tea is basically 80s slashers I actually happen to have grown up in Mexico so things were a little bit different over there in the sense that we didn't get movies at the same time as you guys did over here. I mean, we did in the theaters, but when it came to watching them on cable access, whatever, it took a couple of years for those movies to go into cable access. So we were, we were always a few years behind. <laughs> so I was watching the Halloween movies in the 90s, for example, instead of the 80s or, or all those 80s things. So that's what I grew up with watching. And as far as the development of horror, it kind of went through that 80s, 90s, like I guess the, the revival with Scream, for example, the franchise. And then it kind of it kind of went into this weird kind of, I don't know what, what happened in the late two, or the late 90s or 2000s. It went, yeah, into this kind of weird little tangent and now it, I feel like it's coming back to what was going on in the 70s. Since you mentioned yeah. uh, the A24 movies and then Jordan Peele, I feel like a lot of that stuff 
Not that it's been done before exactly, or that they're copying that, but it, it's kind of similar to that in a way. I don't know if you if you feel the same way or not. I yeah, I absolutely agree. I think you know that's kind of what what makes that stuff great is just kind of getting back to the roots of it. Because I think I think you really hit the nail on the head in terms of the timeline. I think what kind of happened in the two thousands and the um, late nineties was there was like a surge. I felt like of PG thirteen horror movies. You know, everyone became kind of obsessed with not making the best horror movie you could, but just getting as many viewers into the theaters as you could, which meant lowering the ratings so you can sell more tickets. And I think finally, um, you know, a lot of movies over the past few years, even non horror movies like say Deadpool, um, have really shown that you know there is a place in mainstream cinema for R rated movies, and I feel like that's really led to this resurgence we've seen. Anything to add, Brianna? Just that we're in our 30s, too, our mid-30s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, so we're not that far off from each other. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think what happened is they went kind of overly violent in the beginning, so with movies like Saw and Hostel, for example. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned Saw on the podcast, and I ugh, that franchise was one of the worst things that happened to horror. I completely agree. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I will try to stop cutting you off. I just like I get excited and I gotta talk. I'm no, so it's sorry. cool, man. This is this is your show, man. So go ahead. I mean, we can always edit out the weird pauses and stuff like that. No worries. Yeah. So go right ahead. So yeah, I was just gonna mention that I feel like in a an attempt, I guess, to try to overdo what happened in the '80s with all the slashers and all that stuff, the violence, they kind of went a little bit too overboard, and maybe that's when they realized that hey, we're not getting enough people in the seats because we're all just uh, showing a murder every ten seconds in our in our movies. So, so now they, that's when they went to the whole PG-13. And then also, did you notice maybe like the tech horror type of stuff that happened? Also like The Ring, for example, that's, or actually that's like a Japanese trend, but um, I don't know if, yeah, The Ring, and then what was the other one? There was another one, Fear.com, I don't know if you ever saw that movie. There was The Grudge. Um, the Grudge, yeah. The, there was Dark Water with Jennifer Connelly, that was a remake of a Japanese uh, movie as well. Mm -hmm, so... How do you feel about foreign horror? Do you watch a lot of it? Um, I personally don't. Um, you know, I, I feel like horror is just like, it, it's hard for me to really feel that that relationship to the character. You know, I feel like there's, in, in, in good horror movies, there's a lot of nuance in just not what people say or do, but how they say these things. I mean, I feel like oftentimes that gets lost in translation, um, and that's just a personal preference. You know, nothing against it. It's just every time I've sat down to watch a foreign horror movie, um, I, I don't usually uh, enjoy it as much as I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe a couple, uh, you know, uh, outliers here and there, but generally speaking, yeah. How about you, Brianna? I mean, I, yeah. what have I seen? The Grudge, I guess, which yeah. is a remake, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm really scared to watch The Ring. So. I, I think to to kind of touch on um, your 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 saw point there, um, I also think that that is you know it was kind of off putting to people who weren't horror fans because I feel like when Brianna and I first kind of started to discuss this and flesh out this idea. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, she kind of thought there would be a lot more like disgusting stuff and violence than there has been. Would you agree with that? Definitely. And I actually said like we're not watching the Saws or Hostel or what's that like Human Caterpillar one? The Human Centipede. The human yeah. Centipede. Like I don't want to watch any of that disgusting stuff. I, I did. I did tell her we probably have to watch the first Saw at some point. I think the first Saw was. A really good movie. Um, I think it would be looked back on a lot more favorably today if we didn't have 18 horrible movies after it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it kind of jump-started the career of um, 
James Wan and uh, Leigh Wannell there, Lee. So um, I think we should definitely incorporate that, and I think she's on board with that. But other than that, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to put her through any of them. <laughs> I would agree with um, her and just the Human Centipede. Is I have never seen it, and I don't want to see it because of its subject matter. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, I, I have a line that I draw in the sand, and I don't ever cross that line. <laughs> and that's basically anything having to do with poop. I don't <laughs> deal with. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I completely agree. There, there's definitely a line, um, and you know. And some people do like find, um, you know, they, they kind of try to explore that line as much as they can. There's a movie that uh, if, you know, you've never seen it or anyone who's listening to this later has never seen it, don't watch it. Um, but it's Lars von Trier. It's called Antichrist and it's with Willem Dafoe. Are you, you familiar with it? I'm familiar with the movie, but I've never seen it. I only saw, I haven't seen the other one either, which is, uh, I think, Melancholy, I think it's called. I'm not sure, to be honest with you, but I, mm. I, I take your word for it because I... I don't watch any Lars von Trier movies anymore because <laughs> uh, it just, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, for his vision and for, you know, maybe people with a stronger stomach, um, you know, I'm sure that that is art. But to me, it was just not comfortable at all. Um, and on the same level as Human Centipede. So, wow. yeah, that's there's there's a line definitely where the enjoyment stops and it becomes just too, you know, senseless or brutal for the sake of being brutal. Yeah, because he made, well, there's like, I don't know what the, the word is, but there's a trilogy he made. And I'm not sure if he made any movies since or before then, but he's more well known for that trilogy. And it's that movie, Antichrist, and then the other one is, I think, Melancholy with Kristen Dunst, I believe is the, the lead. And then he made another one, or actually two, but it's one movie, but it's split in two parts called Nymphomaniac. And that's like, if you want to watch sexual content, that's like, wow, it's just really graphic really explicit and I was like what am I watching <laughs> and the director's cut is like five hours so go to town I mean, Whoa. <laughs> it's just ridiculous so that's why he spit it into two movies uh, but so I watched that one and the concept behind that movie is kind of interesting but it's just like it's just too much I mean if I want to watch sexual content I know where to go so I'm not gonna go to yeah. yeah yeah I don't I don't want to watch it on the big screen in the living room in the middle of the day yeah and, uh, yeah so without going too much into depth about that <laughs> You know, I, I know where to find that stuff. So, anyways, thank you, Absolutely. Lars Montreal, but I will skip that movie from now on. Um, <laughs> do you guys also read novels or keep up with any other type of horror media, for example, TV shows or anything like that? Um, so, I have watched American Horror Story. I've seen of a few seasons of that. I, I watched Murder House. I've seen um, Asylum and the the witchy one, Circus. I've seen a few of them, but I couldn't watch them while I was living alone. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was living at home, I would watch them. And then when I moved out, I had to stop watching it. And then I, uh, Jason moved in and I was like, oh, I can watch the new American Horror Story again. This is great. <laughs> But other than that, I don't... Oh, and what's the house one that we just watched? Oh, yeah. I um, Actually, about a year ago, when quarantine first started, I think we were, like, newly um, in the house. Like, we, we actually weren't even technically living together when coronavirus started. But, you know, obviously, uh, we ended up living together probably because of coronavirus. But regardless, <laughs> um, very early into the quarantine last year, um, I got her to watch Haunting of Hill House. Um, on Netflix by, you know, convincing her that, hey, like, this is a very scary thing, yes, but it's a really great story. Um, and it's honestly maybe one of my favorite pieces of horror ever. Um, 
And uh, so, so she's watched that. And you're also forgetting, you know, every horror fan's formative show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. She's a big Buffy fan. <laughs> There's even a couple of Buffy episodes that have been t- too scary for me, though. So I am very much a wimp. <laughs> um, but Jason, you read horror books too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I dabble a little bit in in everything. You know, horror TV for sure. I love. You know, like I just said, Hill House was fantastic. Blind Manor was great. Midnight Mass. Um, I'm big Mike Flanagan fan. Um, another one that I really should have mentioned for the future of horror because that dude is just crushing it. Everything he does is fantastic right now. Um, but uh, as far as books go, definitely, definitely some books. You know, I've tried to read a couple of the classics. And then Brianna got me a book for Christmas uh, last year that I just blew through and I loved it. And I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was a ghost story. Um, it was a woman who uh, builds a house on some land in Vermont, you know, um, that ends up getting all these pieces from here and there that turn out to belong to, you know, an old witch who was burned, you know, 500 years ago. And it's, it was just a really fun, cool story. Um, horror comics, um, you know, there's a Conjuring comic series, and there's, um, one of my favorite podcasts is Last Podcast on the Left, and they literally just started, uh, a horror comic a couple, uh, weeks ago. So, um, you know, I kind of dabble a little bit here and there. I, I've definitely, uh, seen a lot of horror TV, um, but books and comics just kind of a little bit dipping the toe in, you know? Wow, I had no idea there was a comic book about the Conjuring. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's on the DC label. Um, like DC actually has like their whole little horror like sub label, um, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but it, like literally just go on the DC website and they've got it there. Um, it is uh, it, it's really good so far. They've got a couple other titles that um, I thought looked interesting that I might follow up next. But um, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, and then also one thing is just horror podcasts. I uh, I'm not sure if you've ever listened to any or kind of you know. But there was one fictional one um, called uh, the Black Tapes podcast, uh, which um, went for like three or four seasons. It was pretty good, pretty um, scary, but then it got a little silly. And then there was another one, which I really, really recommend, um, called Palimpsest. Um, And it's got a couple seasons, um, but it's kind of more of an anthology thing. And the first season is incredible. Um, So any horror fan, definitely listen to the first season of Palimpsest after you listen to both of our podcasts yeah <laughs> certainly yes binge through all of ours first and then you can move on to other stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, no, that's, that's awesome dude like you're suggesting a whole bunch of stuff that i'm not familiar with so i'll be definitely checking that out in the future for sure um but how do you feel about for example uh, i'm still stuck in that conjuring thing like like movies crossing into other realms like for example when a tv series is made from a movie or a in this case i guess a comic or a graphic novel was made from a movie how do you feel about that um, I like it. I mean, you know, it's it's a fine line. It's very hard. You know, everybody wants the next MCU. So, like, I don't blame, you know, uh, Warner Brothers or whoever is doing the Conjuring thing for doing it. Um, but I like a big universe. You know, I don't know how familiar you were or are with the Warrens, um, but I actually, I grew up in Connecticut, and that's where they were based. So they were, like, a big thing locally when I was growing up. Um, and it's really interesting to see all of this stuff in the Conjuring universe um, because it's, um, it's kind of a, you know, a romantic retelling of it to be, yeah. um, polite about it, you know, I, but don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, but I, I like it. I just think you don't want to oversaturate the market and you definitely don't, if you're splitting up a universe into other mediums, you know, I think this is something that Marvel 
almost messed up a few years ago. You shouldn't make it mandatory for somebody to have watched an unrelated TV show uh, to see the movie. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you start to branch off in those other directions, that's great. But you can't really just like hide large bits of canon across various media. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It kind of needs to be, what is the word, complementary instead of like... Absolutely, yeah. Like like you said, a requirement, I guess. So, I mean, I, I guess... In my case, uh, I brought that up because I was going to ask you, I, I mean, Brianna, I'm not sure you're familiar with, with, uh, with um, you, you guys did an episode on The Exorcist, right? Oh, yeah, we sure did, yeah. Um, we... Um, I think that's, funny enough, our least popular episode so far. But, yes. Yeah, we did. Wow. I would have thought yeah. that would have been kind of popular, because, I mean, given the, the popularity of the movie. But have either yeah. of you read the book yet? No. No, no, never read the book. Are you, you recommend it? You know, and, and it's going to maybe... Uh, get me to catch some some fire here, but it's one of the rare instances in which I think the movie is better than the book. And I'm not saying that the book is bad. It's a it's a good book. It's a good read. It's entertaining. It's it's well written. But I'm not sure if it's because I saw the movie first so many times that I would always picture the movie being scarier than whatever was written in the book. And that's that's never happened to me before. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's hard to do the movie first before the book um, because you've seen it, you've seen it, <laughs> you've seen it in such a way, mm -hmm. such an imaginative way that your own imagination isn't going to beat that. Um, but but thinking about the book too, I just feel like the imagery, you need to see it really more than read it. I feel like it just has to be more, listening to a 12-year-old girl say the things that she was saying is mm -hmm. a lot more effective when it's real, you know, on screen, as opposed to in a book, I would feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, that's kind of why I said I, I had only started recently dabbling in books and comics because it really is kind of hard to get that same thrill from uh, just the written word. You know, creepypastas never really did it for me. That It's never really been my thing. Um, that said, have you ever read um, House of Leaves by Mark Danielewski? I'm not familiar with that, no. Okay, so it's definitely a book I recommend, um, but it is a very, very hard book to read. So basically, it tells the story um, of a family who moves into a house, and they measure the house from the inside, and they find that the dimensions on the inside are bigger than what's on the outside. And then they find, like, this little, um, like, sort of doorway or hatch in their living room, and they explore it, and it just leads into this, like, labyrinthian hell pardon my language but uh it, it it's also told in the frame of this story is a manuscript that somebody found in like a disheveled apartment um and it's and that is told in another book so it's, it's actually something there's a phrase for it that's not coming to mind but it is purposefully hard to read sometimes like some pages you know it's almost like reading uh the notebook of a mentally disturbed person oh, I see. Okay. Um, but it, it it creates such this claustrophobic feeling when it when it describes some of the really scary things that went down and that's probably the only book i've ever read that actually made me like i was sitting in broad daylight reading this book looking over my shoulder um wow. but uh, uh, so i can't recommend that enough but uh, other than that yeah I, I find the movies as far as horror concerned um I, the exorcist uh i'll have to read the book but uh i'm with you it's hard to convey some of this stuff on word spoke written word I mean, what happened to me is uh, I'm a Stephen King fan, so 
what happened to me is there's this series of books he wrote it's just called the dark tower i'm not sure you guys are familiar with that but it's essentially if you throw western imagery like for example the unforgiven with clean eastwood or you know movies like that and you mix it with steampunk stuff and wizardry and harry potter type of stuff and that's kind of like it's a weird mixture but it's pretty cool but i mean the series is seven books and actually eight if you count like another book he, he wrote after the fact kind of like an in-between chapter between stories but the main series is seven books and they try to condense that into an hour and a half movie a couple years ago and i went to see it in theaters and i was like this is so horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um that's with idris elba right yeah yeah i have some fan i know so i never read the stand myself i've read some king i actually just recently read the outsider which was pretty good mm -hmm. um but uh, I have some family that were really big into that book series and were lambasting the movie. So I never saw it because I was like, well, I have no investment in this anyway. So um, I believe it. <laughs> Don't, man. It's it's basically, I mean, can you imagine trying to condense like several thousand pages in, into like an hour and a half movie? It's just not going to happen, dude. Like if Yeah. I mean, um, can you imagine making all of the Harry Potter books one hour and a half long movie? <laughs> no, it just wouldn't yeah, happen. Like, I mean, or I mean, it can happen, but it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So I guess in some ways, I mean, usually the books are better than the films, in my case at least, but in, in the case of The Exorcist, for example, that was to me, like, basically the only time that I can think of where the I felt like the movie was, was better to me than the book was. And how about, how do you feel about remakes? Do you feel like remakes are necessary? Or do you feel like they're not and they're just kind of cash grabs? Or how, how do you think people in Hollywood or whatever they make these movies approach that it's like hmm let's just make a movie that was made 30 40 years ago and remake it in our vision and mess it up completely <laughs> right <laughs> well just generally speaking because you know the remakes are going to be new to me because i haven't seen the originals but um if it's done well you know i always want more so if i love something i'm gonna want more of it it's sad for it to end if it's done well I'm going to want to see it and I'm going to want more of it. But I think it can be a real challenge when everything <laughs> is being remade over. Mm -hmm. Specifically for horror, I'll let Jason talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, since Brianna kind of covered it all, I won't get too much into that. But I would agree with her that there is definitely a large trend across, like, all mediums, all kinds of content right now that is just everything is being rehashed and remade and you know you can't name a 60s or 70s tv show that wasn't just rebooted in the last 15 years um so i definitely think there's a place for remakes you know um the, you know you look at something like poltergeist for example um i mentioned in our poltergeist episode i actually hadn't seen the 2015 remake um and since we watched that i actually watched it myself and yeah it wasn't good <laughs> um and you know there are definitely but the reason i bring that up is because that's a great example of a movie that if done right by the right people there could be a place for a remake because poltergeist is a fantastic movie but at this point a lot of the technology in that movie is kind of dated um and if you take that movie and you remake it with you know um the same the same spirit the same complete framework um it could definitely be a good thing but the problem is they want to modernize it they want to update it they want to change it that way if you've seen the movie before it's fresh um and that's you know it just it, it kind of smells like a lazy attempt to to cash in on a trend you know there there are some good ones here and there i'm sure but um i definitely find them to be more the exception than the rule i i, I think i think a lot of things um you know people want remade because they feel like 
this was so great, but really it was just great because you were 15 and you were enjoying like a carefree day watching this movie. Um, you know, and, and you're, you're never going to get that feeling back. So why not just try to make something original that's going to give somebody else that new feeling instead of just trying to get everybody's money on something they've already seen? You exactly. know, I like that a lot, man. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> because That's how I feel. I, too many remakes. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, there, like you said, there are some good ones. That I think, for example, the thing from the 80s with John Carpenter, the, the, the director. That's a remake from the movie from the 50s, but I think that movie's amazing. 100% agreed. Yeah, yeah that's and a let me see. There's uh, they made a remake of The Blob, which is kind of campy from the 80s, but it, I think it's it's kind of up there also as far as it's 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 good enough that I I would say it's it's a good remake. Uh, let me see if I can think of another one real quick. Was it a remake? Yep. The more recent ones, yes. Yeah, I feel like those are successful. Those, I feel yeah. like people really yeah. like those. Yeah, those I, really I would say those went really well. Yeah. That's a, that's an example of a remake done right. I think you know they gave it more time, they fleshed it out, they they wrote it kind of realistic, um, they left out the most problematic scenes. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, is solid two movies. Maybe we'll uh, cover those at some point. Yeah, because I mean in the '90s it was a TV movie, if I'm not mistaken. So they really couldn't be too gory mm -hmm. with it. They couldn't be too violent or anything like that. And with the newer ones, it's kind of like that whole gritty reboot phenomenon that's happening like everything needs to be dark and you can't see anything but <laughs> yeah but in this movie like you guys said i think it was done pretty well that was definitely i think a great way to remake that movie yeah i mean you see what i mean she's not even a horror fan and she's pulling out the best example in the conversation <laughs> yeah. she does this constantly on the podcast <laughs> yeah you would think she's an expert in the genre just kind of like <laughs> keep it undercover <laughs> yeah it's really going to kill our brand if she turns out to be a horror horror fan <laughs> Yeah, so, and as far as remakes that I don't recommend, uh, <laughs> I will very quickly say, I didn't like Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, and I know he gets a lot of hate for them, and I, I believe that it's kind of justified, because when you change the concept of the story in such a radical way, I think if you're going to do that, it needs to be something that's really, really done well and thought out, and in his case, he kind of just did what he always does, he put everything, like, in the context of his vision which is essentially i don't know i don't want to say anything too weird here but uh kind of like circus freaks type of stuff i mean if you've seen house of a thousand corpses or devil's rejects it's kind of like that whole carnival-esque type of thing mm -hmm. and that's kind of what he tried to do with michael myers in his remix and i'm like that's not how the, that's not this character bro that's not you can't do that for everything you do <laughs> you know yeah the, the um I'm not a fan of those movies either, but the uh, the 2018 remake was fantastic for me, at least. Yeah. Um, I feel like they really captured the spirit of it well. We haven't watched Halloween Kills yet. I don't think we'll watch that together. I heard it's pretty gory, but um, it is. is that the new one? Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, so you've seen it. Is it good? I actually did a little mini review <laughs> in like the what? episode that released yesterday. Yeah, but oh, yes, all that I'm gonna say is that it is considerably gory. There's a lot of. Uh, death and violence so i'm not sure if brianna will be comfortable watching this <laughs> yeah i think your instincts are right on that one so i'll have to watch it solo well they did a good uh good work on the trailer because i remember i watched it and said i want to see this <laughs> yeah and then i was like no i don't think you do <laughs> it's interesting it's an interesting continuation of the story there's a couple of things that i wasn't really uh, too big on but i'm not gonna say that so i don't spoil it for you guys in case you do see it but there's a couple of things like subplots and stuff like that that i was like this could have been cut off and they would have been perfectly fine they didn't have to spend time on this but i mean other than that 
I, I'm looking forward to the end, which is Halloween ends, incidentally, and it's going to be interesting to see how they send off Laurie Strode. I mean, they can't just make something or make her look in a way that's not favorable to her history, you know? Yeah, I mean, you okay, so you've, you've kind of teased it. I'm definitely intrigued to watch Halloween Kills now. Mm -hmm. I want to know where they take her, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's great. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis really killed that character, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, she did a great job, and uh, it's, it's I you know, it's going to be good to see some conclusion to that arc. So, what did you say? Was it, is it 2022 or 2023? I believe it's going to be released next year. Gotcha. Awesome. 2022. Cool. And all I'm going to say is that I, from what transpired in, in Halloween Kills, she's not really going to get a happy ending, I don't feel, but, I mean, that's all I, I'm just speculating, but... From what happened, from what I saw on the screen in this movie, uh, uh, yeah, her life is kind of in a bad place right now. I'm okay with that. You know, not so, every movie needs a happy ending. Not every story does have a happy ending. So Exactly. Yeah. Definitely agree with you guys. So, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of weird questions. Hope you don't mind. I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but since we are discussing horror, and Brianna, you've mentioned that you are, are usually kind of hesitant to watch horror content, in a way. Do you feel... Or, or uh, and either you, and it's perfectly okay, whatever answer you give, it's not like, you know, we're going to judge anybody. <laughs> but do you feel like there are such things as paranormal stuff in real life? Um, okay, so I'm from New England and uh, close enough to Salem, Massachusetts. So I grew up with the whole idea of witches and all that stuff. And as afraid of it as I am, it's probably because I believe in it. So I definitely do believe in the paranormal. And, um, you know, I see mediums at least once a year and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, it's mostly fun to believe in. And, of course, the idea of, you know, a haunting, I don't even like to say the word, especially at nighttime, um, <laughs> <laughs> is certainly scary. But overall, it's fun to believe in for me. I definitely fall more on the skeptic side of things. You know, I don't, I don't dismiss anything out of hand. You know, I think I try to take a pretty open-minded approach to pretty much everything. Um, but that said, you know, if you put a gun to my head and force me to pick, force me to say, do you believe in ghosts or not? I'd probably have to say no. You know, I think, I think there's a lot, a lot of natural things that we don't understand. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, people thought eclipses were, were demons. Uh, 10,000 years ago so mm -hmm. you know maybe the things that we think are ghosts now are something we just don't understand yet or you know maybe they're tricks of the brain because our brains are always doing crazy things um but I also don't dismiss the possibility like I who am I to say I don't know anything so um I, I fall more on the skeptic side but I'm very open-minded about it um but I think that it's a good dynamic for us because when she gets scared I can I can calm her down pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> you know anytime there's a bump in the night I can tell her hey that came from the radiator over there you're fine hey that's the cat out the <laughs> out in the hallway you're fine so. <laughs> what about you i'm kind of like jason but in the opposite way i do fall more on the believer side but i do tend to try to find a rational explanation for stuff first so for example in case i hear a noise in my kitchen and i'm like oh my god it's a ghost i don't jump to that conclusion immediately <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> that's oh, a good that's... balance yeah i'm thinking oh it's probably my cat or, or it's probably you know something whatever but yeah. I, you know i, I kind of try to find a way to explain things logically and rationally before I okay like when 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 I exhaust all those possibilities that I can think of is like, okay so what else could it be if it's not my cat and if it's not you know people that I'm hanging out with whatever then what caused that cabinet door to open in the middle of the night 
<laughs> yeah, I, it's definitely, you know, um, people tend to look for patterns and stuff. And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of ghost stuff comes from, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of like synchronicities and things like that. But I try not to talk about it too much either because like, I definitely don't want to give the impression like Brianna gets annoyed at me when I can be kind of skeptical sometimes because <laughs> I think she thinks I'm looking down on her, but I'm not like I, again, I do not presume to know anything. I have what I think, but mm -hmm. what do I think? You know, that's, that's nothing. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I mean, I've had a couple of experiences that I'm like, okay, I can't explain this logically or anything. So that kind of like puts me like, like on kind of on the fence, but on the, uh, just on the opposite side of you, Jason. <laughs> so I guess we kind of, even in a way, I mean, you, you, you're kind of in the skeptical side, but you are open to the possibility of there being some sort of, of paranormal stuff versus myself, who I'm like, I kind of, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are things that are, are unexplainable and that go beyond the, the natural realm, but at the same time, I don't feel like that's everything that we can't explain, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to ask you about, you know, these paranormal experiences that uh -huh. you've had. I'm, I'm kind I'm kind of personally interested, but I don't think Brianna would appreciate getting into it. She's shaking her head right now. I can't hear it at night. I can't yeah. talk about it at night. <laughs> well, uh... So maybe maybe we'll have to talk sometimes. I'd like to hear these stories. Yeah, I, I always cool, want to hear, you know, I always want to hear that kind of stuff. But uh, definitely yeah. Brianna can't hear it right now. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I've, I've brought it up in a couple of the episodes of the podcast. And there's a story that I haven't shared that I'm planning on sharing in the future. So, I mean, when I do that, I'll let you guys know if you can listen to it. Whenever it's more comfortable for you guys to <laughs> to, to hear it, yeah. I mean, if, if at all, you know that's fine. But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what made me realize that you know what, there are things that I, I or not just myself, but people in general are gonna have a really hard time explaining. So I guess that opens the possibility for things that are unexplainable, you know, or the in this case, ghosts or whatever. And it doesn't really. I mean, <laughs> the other thing is that I grew up in Mexico, so of course everyone then they're super hardcore Catholic. And so, oddly enough, my Honestly, family same same where Brianna grew up. They're all Catholic. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, oddly enough, uh, my family doesn't really practice too much. I mean, we go to church every now and then, like maybe three, four times a year, especially for weddings or whenever somebody passed away. That's really the only times that we went to church, or the, that I can remember. But that was always a thing that we were, we were Catholic. Like my mom would have crucifixes and she she would pray in, in the house and stuff like that. But I feel like in Hispanic culture, I'm not sure you guys are familiar with that, but there's also an element of kind of like native mysticism, so to speak, like native mm -hmm. from Mexico. So it's it's kind of like a mix of both in a way. Yeah, I, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts that have talked about that a little bit. I'm not personally familiar with it anyway, but I have I have heard that there is kind of that interesting mix. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really unique i think to us to to hispanic culture i mean but i mean i'm sure you you, you saw some weird stuff over there in your corner of the woods too i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um you know i've always found like a lot of the like folklore <clears throat> horror stuff to be really interesting you know like um native americans have uh the skinwalkers to you know to the point where like in in certain tribes today they still won't even say that word because it's just supposed to bring about such evil and like I've, i always found that like you know um stuff based in that or based around that or based on just really old tradition stories that you know fathers told their sons who told their daughters who told their sons who told their sons who told their sons um that's kind of where some of the best stories come from um i will say we probably have to wrap it up here soon brianna is much too kind to say but she is struggling over here she yeah, uh, sure. she traveled a little bit for work got a little sick 
Um, and uh, I think I think her voice is a little little trapped, uh, taxed at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I was just gonna ask you guys um, to pretty much, I guess, share your social media links. What are where can people find you? Where can people listen to you? So we are <clears throat> available on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Go A Little Mad Pod. And we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We have a YouTube channel as well at Go A Little Mad Pod. And just thank you so much for this opportunity. It was great to talk to someone about horror, talk to somebody about podcasting. And we just really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This was, you know, a great experience. It was really great to talk to you. You know, Brianna kind of handles our social media for the most part. So all the conversations you've had leading up to today um, were with her. So it was, you know, it was really good to to uh to definitely talk to somebody who's who's uh, versed in the world and i'm definitely gonna have to dive into your pod a bit i apologize that i didn't beforehand no, but uh it sounds it, it sounds like we've got a, a lot of a lot of similar views on things so i'm really uh, interested to hear uh what kind of other takes you got yeah and i mean i have a co-host but i mean she's unavailable at the moment because of work reasons and stuff like that so um if you're gonna listen to our podcast i would say start with the later episodes and then kind of work your way down just uh, you know it's, it's gonna be like the stereotypical movie thing but i'm gonna warn you i'm gonna, I'm gonna be the, the old man in the movies telling you guys do not get near episode one <laughs> yeah i you know honestly i'm sure we'll say that in a year and a half too it's just you know it's part of it there's only so much prep you can do you know you really just have to dive in and do it and that's how you're gonna learn a lot of this stuff yeah for sure and uh definitely i mean uh hopefully we can talk again in the future because i you know there's a few more things i would like to talk to you guys about so um, yeah, absolutely. We'd uh, we'd we'd be up for that sometime in the future for sure. And maybe we can uh, you know, we we've never done the Twitter thing here, but you know, maybe we can do it or we can have you on our pod or yeah. something at some point. Um, we'd we'd totally be open for that. Definitely, we'd love to collaborate in some sort of way in your in your episodes. So, once again, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It was awesome for you to agree to have this conversation with us. And well, yeah, that's gonna be all wrapping it up here at this special episode from Expert in the Myths Behind the Legends. Make sure to check out Go A Little Mad Pod and their social media, and also check us out on our social media, which is our link tree under linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. You'll be able to find all of our links there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our online stories in the works, so bear with us, <laughs> but we'll get there. So once again, thank you, Jason. Thank you, Brianna, for joining us, and that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you very much, and until we see you again, have a good one. Thank you so thank much, you so Cherry. Much. Absolutely.